Yeah, I went on uh, Team Adam for two rounds, um, and then I went over to uh, Jennifer Hudson's after the knockout round. So, uh, yeah, I was on Adam Levine's team for the first after the blind auditions. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a holiday special. Merry Christmas, and I hope each and every one of you are spending quality time with friends and family that mean the most to you. So for today's special, I spoke with a contestant of The Voice and now a upcoming musician by the name of Anthony Aria. If you tuned in to the 2018 Voice season, you probably saw Anthony Aria. He was on Team Adam Levine, and he got into the knockout rounds, and he got assigned to Jennifer Hudson's team. So yeah, some big hitter names right there. Um, But in this podcast episode, we touch on the life of the musician. Anthony's only 18 years old. He's attending Stanford, and he has so much more left to do in his life, and it's incredible where he is and how far he's already come. So let's listen to the story of Anthony Aria. Anthony Aria, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, let's see. Had technical difficulties, but no biggie. Dude, how have you been? And why don't you talk a little bit about where you're from and how you got into music? Yeah, yeah, Alessi, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm a, a singer-songwriter and recording artist out of Santa Cruz, California. Um, I've been playing music for, uh, you know, playing out or in venues across the Bay for, for a few years now. Um, and uh, yeah, in 2018, I was on NBC's uh, The Voice on, on season 15 and came back and have um, since released two albums of original music. So yeah, man. Dude, you're 18 years old, and we were kind of talking about this before, and I kind of want to touch on it again. Your music genre that you play in, and I think you, the music you enjoy are tied in in that they're both kind of this reminiscent of the 60s and a little bit of that great Gatsby-type vibe. How did you find this music, and why do you like this music? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always been... Uh, uh, really uh you know in in love with the kind of soul of of this kind of music and um whether it's 60s rock or songwriters like Jim Croce, Bob Dylan, you know, uh playing in, with my bands with Led Zeppelin and the Stones, it's just all um I think it it really combines musicianship and and uh songwriting um together in a really nice way cuz I've always been, you know, doing both writing music and and you know being a, a guitarist so that's incredible. And growing up from what I remember is you were playing instruments, you were in the choir. How did you get into both that multi um task of playing and also singing? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, about third grade, I joined the after school rock band playing drums at the time. And, and I was singing, <laughs> uh, singing Don't Stop Believing while playing drums. And it's kind of what, st- you know, kicked it off. And I, I'm not sure. It's always something that's kind of funny because, uh, you know, a lot of people, especially when kids are first starting music, they don't play two instruments at the same time and sing and play. But for me, it's kind of been hand in hand. I've always been playing and singing. Um, and when I picked up the guitar soon after, you know, going into middle school about, uh, 
I, yeah, I was always singing and playing tunes, you know, and, and I joined the choirs in middle school. I joined the jazz band in middle school and all these things really kind of progressed and, and made me more and more interested in playing music. So it was kind of just a stepwise motion of getting involved uh, with guitar and, and singing and um, starting to write songs when I, about four years ago now, I wrote my first tune. So, um, you know, it just has kind of been progressing since then. And it was very much informal singing from the get-go. It was kind of like you said, the choir, this jazz. And then when you were on The Voice, this was pretty much from that informal singing, there was no training whatsoever, right? Well, I mean, you know, the choirs are pretty formal right? when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to you know formal singing. You can't get much more uh, rigid than choirs. So, you know, I, I didn't do any voice lessons before then. But the the choirs at my school, I was really fortunate. They had a great program, a music program. So I participated in in the jazz choir and the chamber choir, and and so they were very um, you know a very rigid program. So it taught me a lot about about singing and then kind of the um all the things that go into it so so i learned a lot from that and then you know that's when that was any that was all my vocal training before the voice though yeah got it so it wasn't like a specific coach it was very much more of a classroom setting and you guys were kind of going through the history as well as learning i'm guessing the basis of singing foundation yeah yeah i mean it's it's um Choir was great for me. I think that I wouldn't have been as involved in my singing if it wasn't for that. But then um, what's been great has been combining that with my, you know, with, with writing music. Because now I can, you know, play guitar and, and write music. Uh, and it's just been great to be able to utilize all these things. And I want to go into what it was like and the experience of going on The Voice and the process but I just have to mention, dude, has anyone told you just like your speaking voice is just very soothing? It's 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 unique in the way where it's like I, I can listen to you just talk. I wonder if there's some translation. Well, there is translation into that for your singing voice. And <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to mention that. But maybe I got to start much, doing some voiceover work, man. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do my voiceovers for this podcast or something. <laughs> Um, but talk about the voice talk about that whole experience and how it began and where you got and what it's done for you yeah yeah I mean I uh I grew up watching the show with my mom we would sit uh every you know Monday and Tuesday night and then see these different artists do their thing on the stage you know and I just kind of randomly got involved with the show later on you know years later when um I got in through an Instagram contest where they were recruiting people uh, through videos that they submitted and I signed up for the open call audition and you know one thing led to another and the next thing I knew I was spending a summer down in LA uh, in 2018 so yeah it was a crazy crazy experience. And who was your coach for those who might not be familiar with the voice? Yeah yeah I went on uh, Team Adam for two rounds um and then i went over to uh jennifer hudson's after the knockout round so uh yeah i was on adam levine's team for the first after the blind auditions what was it like being the president of someone who's just an incredible singer as well as jennifer hudson herself what, what were they teaching you what was behind the scenes that most people might not know you know um 
you, on the voice, I learned a lot. I mean, I think one thing that people don't realize is you learn a lot about not just singing, but the industry with, you know, the show business. It's a, it's a hard, um, thing to navigate as a musician you have to really be mindful of the business aspect of things and so that really gave me a great insight into how to navigate that and and being on that stage is it's nothing like it so um it was all a great experience to come back with that you know with that uh um experience on the show and those coaches are you in still contact with adam or jennifer hudson because they left an imprint on you or how does that kind of work does it kind of just like this is the time we get to talk to you and work with you. And after that, it's kind of like, good luck, but take what you've been given. Yeah. Well, you know, I, what I w- will say is all the contestants who got really close. So I, well, one thing that was great was just getting to meet all those guys. And and we have stayed in touch with all the people that were on, you know, Adam's team and Jennifer's team and, and really everybody. We were all making music together, you know, after the day was done. And, and so it was a great, you know, the camaraderie was great. I haven't... Um, uh, you know, been connected with uh, Adam or or Jennifer, but it was a great community to be, you know, be involved in. That's great, man. That's great. So then when it kind of goes into musicians you admire, who would some of those be and why? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's endless. Uh, I'm always finding new people that I admire, but Bob Dylan will always be at the top of that list, you know, no matter what. I got a you know a couple posters of him up on the wall right here, and it's it's you know I think it really first and foremost is a testament to what songwriting can can do you know from one person who who wrote songs and and was kind of the the poet of a generation um, you can see the and they still today people are singing the songs but the effects uh, the impact that his songs on had on the civil rights movement um, in the 60s with blowing you know uh, blowing in the wind and and it's, it's so many of his tunes I've always strived to write tunes like Bob Dylan you know I think with Bob Dylan one thing that I you know, out of the many things that I admire is that he had this big transition from being an acoustic folk musician to being a rock, you know, playing with a band and, and playing electric guitar. And it was kind of this infamous thing, like Bob Dylan, he picked up the electric guitar. It's, you know, he's, he'll never be the same. But he showed that he can make any music he wanted to, is still going to be absolutely awesome. So that's what I like to do. I like to write different kinds of music, you know? Yeah, being versatile, I bet, is something you need to be in the music industry, if you want to make it, I think if you subject yourself to like a very niche genre, it, it could ultimately hinder you in terms of, you know, making a career out of it. That is, does that ever kind of scare you just how intimidating also how it's, it's, it's a very risky position you're in to go into this type of industry because it's not a high success rate from what I know. You know, what's cool is I, you really can't, um, you can't expect anything from, Mm. from music in a career. Like it's, it's, there's so many ups and downs that you have to really just enjoy the process of making music, you know, not the process of, um, being successful from music. So, um, with that being said, you know, whatever comes my way, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it, but I, I like playing music on a small scale and on a big scale. So um, it's not too daunting to me, um, you know, facing that. Yeah. And just in terms of just simple things like coming up, going on the stage, 
do you get nervous at all? Like, how do you deal with those pressures? Especially like going from playing on Michaels and Maine when it's just a, a few locals to then the voice where it's nationwide, potentially international. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's something I think you just do more and more and more that it, it feels more comfortable. You know, the more times you do something, the easier it gets. And I remember growing up, you know, I think it's I for I'd like, you know, for people who are musicians listening or just, just anybody, you know, it, when I would perform in front of fr- family and friends, I would perform in front of you know anybody that could listen to me. So <laughs> that uh, was really helpful when I just started getting more serious about music because it was easy to kind of take the next step that by the time I was, I think, you know, playing on the voice, I, it was of course nerve wracking, but it wasn't something that I knew I couldn't handle, you know? And now that you're attending Stanford university, congratulations, by the way, that is no easy feat. How do you balance working on your career in terms of building who you are, making your own music while also doing your studies? Is it right now kind of just focused on the studies and then kind of during the breaks music or are you doing both simultaneously? Yeah, well, it's kind of a new period for me because I am I just started at Stanford. I'm a freshman, so this is kind of the end of my first quarter. Um, so it's still kind of finding that balance. But I found, at least with quarantine, music, this kind of, because Stanford's remote right now, so the, the silver lining of being at home for college is that I can still play music on the weekends, doing outside shows, you know, like I was just mentioning, and we did my Grateful Dead band, Chasing Ophelia, just did a big Halloween show up in Bold, uh, downtown Boulder Creek in the Santa Cruz Mountains. So, you know, in quarantine, it's been nice to have that balance, and it's I, I found it pretty easy to um, kind of have this schedule of weekends for music and weeks for for studying. But it is challenging. I mean, yeah, the workload it definitely distracts from too much time for music. Yeah, I, I just try to imagine because, like, even for myself, like I, I go to the gym and like. I help out, have family events, friends. And when you have that pursuit of something bigger than yourself, like with you and your music, it almost, you almost have to, to be amazing. You almost have to be obsessed. I've, I've been told, but also talked to. So just figuring out how people balance their passions with the rest of their life to me is just, it's always a different answer from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I think people, find in different ways you know it's not uh there's not one answer to it but i that's why i was really looking forward to touring in the summer and and i was bummed out that i couldn't do it this summer so hopefully in the future uh you know i want to be traveling around at least california yeah and talk about this tour and the music you've been making yeah yeah i just released my second album uh the road in may of this year so uh yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I came back from The Voice in 2018 and released my first album, Going to California. So, uh, yeah, this was my second album, The Road, and um, really, I think, a step up, uh, fully produced. And, uh, you know, I have uh, several bands out here in Santa Cruz, and um, you playing my original music for people around the Bay um, has been really cool. And, and, you know, people really stoked about my original music. So, yeah, I've been been playing around town, but also was looking to play more, you know, outside uh, California this last summer. But, you know, obviously plans have changed with, with COVID. Yeah, I, I really hope you get to go on tour. And I, I would really love to see you again, especially your performance performance at my 
um, dad's wedding party. That was that was incredible, and that was a glimpse of of what you can do. And it, it's just it's still inspiring to this day. Oh man, um, yeah. One of the things I also was kind of curious in terms of where are you recording your music? Do you kind of have like an in-house studio or is there a place that artists in Santa Cruz go to? Um, for me, I recorded my music with, uh, uh, it was just me and my producer, Kenny Schick. Uh, he's a guy out of Nashville that I met at um, a local songwriting organization called West Coast Songwriters. And mm. uh, I met him there and, and we just clicked. He's amazing. And so it was just me and him recording all the parts. You know, I did all the guitar and vocals, but it's fully instrumented with bass and drums and sax and, you know, background harmonies and everything. So it was just me and him at a mobile uh, rig. One of the other things I kind of want to touch on was just your your kind of goals. Where do you see this going and what are you trying to capture? If there's anything you're trying to capture, kind of that sense, where do you see yourself in the future? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned earlier with music, you can't predict what's going to happen. But um, with this second album that I put out and the title track is called The Road, um, that is kind of my vision for for my direction in music uh, Sonically and also what the lyrics were saying. I mean, uh, sonically, the road was really, you know, like kind of a rock anthem. And that's what I really want to, that's the direction I want to go towards is this really dynamic, um, you know, music. Uh, so that's that's what I'm looking to go into further. And also the lyrics, I mean, it was talking about hitting the road. And, you know, yeah, I think a part of, a big part of musicians life is hitting the road and um, all the things that all the experiences that come with that. So that's what I'm looking forward to doing. The album really reminds me of Jack Kerouac's on the road. Um, yeah, man. Is there a lot, is that inspiration by that a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh well, I mean, that's one of my favorite books on the road is, is just, the, Oh no way. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, crazy. yeah. No, Jack Kerouac, uh, I mean, the whole beatnik generation, I think it's also been a part of me growing up because I would spend a lot of time in North Beach of San Francisco. And so Jack Kerouac would hang out there a lot back back in the 50s uh, at this, you know, that was the kind of the epicenter of the beat generation. So, yeah, it, it's it was it's definitely inspired my songwriting. And I think that song, it's it was um, kind of a combination of experiences, but that's definitely what uh, that was part of it. Yeah. For me, I really, I love the title track, The Road, but also tunes, uh, the first track is called California Air. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of about uh, my experience down in LA for the show, for The Voice and coming back and, and the enigma of California and the kind of California air, you know, that that, that feeling that you get. And um, yeah, so I mean, you know, these songs, all of them on the album were about things that happened to me and my personal experiences. So they're all personal, but um yeah, you know, as a as a songwriter, I think you have to be an open book. Dude, the world is your oyster and you're so young, so it's I'm really excited to see the direction you're going. So I'm going to kind of move into these last kind of questions. For those trying to become a musician like yourself, what is your what is a piece of advice you would give to someone? For for musicians and and specifically songwriters, I always tell people um, you know, if you're trying to get out there and and be more comfortable with performing perform at every situation like i mentioned earlier like friends and family you know i busked on the streets a lot uh which is you know right right on the street corner just setting up your guitar stand and guitar case and, and playing so 
playing more and more and more is always the best option. And also for songwriters, I carry around a, a notebook and, you know, my, or my phone, if I don't have it. Um, and anything that I think of, if it's a melody, lyrics, things that I think are interesting, I write it down, I record a little melody. It's, I think it's always important to have these ideas floating around in your head and capturing them, you know, in some, in some way. That's crazy. I love that. I, I can imagine you carrying your journal around with you and your phone and like a situation arises and afterwards you're like, I need to write this down or I need to type this in. I can yeah, totally I think that. I, I think there's one kind of myth that people think is you need to have like a full song flushed out before you really put it down in pen and paper or whatever, you know, and, and it's not true. I think any idea should be recorded. So yeah, that's what I tell songwriters. Beautiful, man, dude, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, brother. I really yeah, appreciate man. it. Thank you, Leslie. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Should I do a little, uh, little tune for you guys? That's right. Let's hear it. Let's hear a little tune from your. Is it the most recent album? You give them the explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll do a tune from this new album, The Road. Um, yeah. This is called California Air. It's the uh, first tune on this new album, The Road. You guys can check it out on anthonyaria.com. She flies so high when she drives that car 
One street light, but it don't seem to stop her anymore. Since California changed the color of her hair, she loves so hard, stings so sweet. Come on, baby, you knock me off my own two feet. god it's hey. it's so much better live like it's not like that jesus i'm a lot lost for words <laughs> thank you for that that was incredible um oh, for those listening go check out anthony aria you tell him where yeah anthony aria.com a-n-t-h-o-n-y-a-r-y-a.com i'm on spotify and itunes and uh yeah instagram anthony J. Aria. brother thank you so much for sharing i really appreciate it Right All on. right, we're going to log off, but thank you, dude. Yes, thanks for having me, Leslie. I told you guys it's going to be a holiday special. That little song at the end by Anthony Aria, it was literally insane to hear it in person through Zoom and just the quality that was coming out of it. So if you guys ever get the chance in the near future when regulations are down and when the COVID vaccine is given to everyone, go to a live concert of Anthony Aria. You will not regret it. The guy puts on a performance. So thank you again to all the listeners of the team of the Social League. I really appreciate it. If you can go on to Apple Podcasts, give me a rate and review. I would deeply, deeply appreciate it. And remember, love is the answer. Take care. Stay inspired. This is the Social League.